Good morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. I'm not sure where to go with this if I was to say 11 words, but I would probably say a few words and then I have a big table set up here and I have all kinds of food on it and I would sit here and eat in front of me. How would that be? Did you get the message? Well, if you've been paying any attention, our next, uh, we've been studying through the Beatitudes. Our next one falls on verse 6, Matthew 5. Are you hungry this morning? What was your anticipation this morning before you came to church? Do you have an appetite? I'm just going to be up front with you right now. I'm hungry. My dinner time would be in about 15 minutes because of the hour change. So I'm hungry, and I'm sure you're feeling the same. So I'll try to keep it short here this morning. But coming to church here, um, singing, the devotional, the offering, maybe it was the verses the children said, um, a prayer, or even an encouraging word from a brother or a sister. This is food. Thank you. This is food that you can get here this morning. So looking at um, verse 6, Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you starving for righteousness this morning? Was there ever a time in your life where you were so hungry that you would about eat anything? You would dream and talk of your favorite foods? I couldn't think of any time that I was that hungry. I mean, there was a few times I remember, this is very simple, but deer hunting and the weather was miserable and you're out there and all you can think of is something nice and hot, warm. There's a story in the Antarctica, summer of 1908. Sir Ernest Shackleton and three of his companions attempted to travel to the South Pole from their winter quarters. They set off with four ponies, four ponies to help carry the load. Weeks later, their ponies dead, rations all but exhausted, they turned back toward base, their goal not accomplished. Altogether, they had trekked 127 days. On return journey, as Shackleton records in the heart of the Antarctic, the time was spent talking about food, elaborate food, gourmet food, scrumptious meals as they staggered along, not knowing if they would survive. Every waking hour was occupied with thoughts of eating. My desire here this morning is to stir a hunger pain in you for God and for His righteousness. How many of you receive and I had it with me, and now I can't find it. 
What did I do with it? It's the beside the still waters. Is it laying on my bench? Don't see it? I had it right here with my notes. It's a little booklet. Anyway, I guess you're not going to get that part of it. It's right here. It's under my Bible. How many received this book in the mailings? A few of you. There's a reading here last week. A pill or your fill. I'm just going to read it. I have swallowed many pills since my diagnosis of Parkinson's disease over eight years ago. Pills deliver medication or nutrient supplement to it in a concentrated form. They provide a shortcut to help us internalize whatever it is that our bodies need. Pills may be necessary, but they are not sufficient to meet all our nutritional requirements. Some people try to carry the pill concept over in their spiritual life. Perhaps they take a little gospel pill by listening to a religious radio broadcast on their way to work. Or if they do not use the radio, as in the case with many of us, perhaps they dial a phone number and listen to their moment of inspiration for the day. Devotional booklets such as this one you hold in your hand may be used to give oneself a little pre-digestive nugget to carry throughout the day. Even listening to a minister's sermon on Sunday morning could be viewed as taking a nutritional pill. The minister has done all the research and study. He has formulated the, deli the delivery into a direct, simple, comprehensive package. All you have to do is sit in your pew and absorb it. Devotional guides and moments of inspiration have their place and preaching is commanded. But these are not sufficient to, to sustain a believer's walk with the Lord. Even as it takes time and effort to prepare a nutritional meal, so we must spend time with God and apply energy to the study of His Word. If we would be strong, healthy Christians, every believer has a daily appointment with God. Satan places a high priority on disrupting those appointments. We must be aware of his tactics and determine to let nothing hinder us from enjoying frequent full-course meals from God's Word. Are you hoping for a full-blown course meal here this morning? A four, six-course meal? Is your mouth watering for something special? Here it is. Verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Here's something that is going to fill you. What is the deepest desire of your heart? There's a story also of a young man who came to Socrates. And Socrates was a Greek philosopher back in the three to four hundred BC era. And this is what he, this young man came to him and, and told him that he wanted knowledge. So Socrates said, follow me. The philosopher took the young man and led him to the edge of the ocean and into the water. Without warning, Socrates grabbed the young man, plunged him beneath the water, and held him there until the young man stopped struggling. Then Socrates pulled the young man out of the water, gasping for air. Socrates then dragged the boy to the shore, left him there on the sand, and returned to the marketplace. When the young man had recovered, he sought out Socrates and again and asked him why he tried to drown him. Socrates replied, When you were under the water, what did you want most than anything else? The young man replied, I wanted to breathe. I need air. Socrates responded by saying, When you crave knowledge, 
like you crave air, then you, then you may be able to find it. Do you crave godly things like you crave air? Do you crave for righteousness? What is righteousness? Righteousness is how God acts. Righteousness is how God acts and reacts to everything he created because he is righteous. Righteousness is becoming godly in our character. God is righteous and true. We need to desire to be like him. When something is wicked, we need to call it that. When something is sinful, we need to call it sinful. When something is pure and holy, we need to hold on to it. We need to have a burning desire for it. We need to study it and live it. Our passion, our driving passion, our driving force, and our driving hunger. Verse, uh, Psalms 42, verse 1. As the deer longeth after the cool water, so I long for you, O God. David had it, right? He said, As the deer longs for the water, so I long for you. God will provide that satisfaction. Why then do we find satisfaction in the wrong places? Why do we try to satisfy our souls with things that have no eternal value? I have six examples of things that will not satisfy. And you probably could add more. I borrowed these six from Tom Shepard. Number one is prosperity. Do you ever entertain the idea that if you win to, that if you could win a million dollars that you'd be happy? You might be happy for a moment, but it won't last. Money doesn't automatically bring happiness. Proverbs 27, 20, chapter 27, verse 24, Wealth is not forever, nor does a crown last one generation to the next. Ecclesiastes 5.10 He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. It's fleeting. It doesn't last. you win a million you're going to want to win you're going to want to win 2 million and you'll probably spend that million trying to do that John D Rockefeller was asked when he was the richest man how much money is enough you know what his answer was it's more than i have you will not find fulfilling satisfaction with prosperity Second one, possessions. Did you know today there is more products available than there ever was before? And many of those products have a little saying on them, satisfaction guaranteed. And are people happier now than they've ever been before? Possessions wear out. They get old, they get outdated, and they break. I remember when we got our first computer. It was a 386. And it had Windows 3.1. How many of you young folks on the second bench here remember that? That was before your time. We had the world by the tail. You know what? We ran into a problem. 
It wasn't long until that computer, that operating system, we didn't keep up with the updates, no longer could handle the new programs that were coming out. So it got outdated. Technology moved on. Look at computers today where they're at. Look at the changes in clothing. I'm told that a clothing store used to have two seasons and then went to four seasons, which makes sense. You have spring, summer, fall, winter. Now they have what they call a fast season. And that changes, that cha that they change 52 micro seasons. So in other words, they're trying to change every week. And that is, try, that is to try to keep the customers coming back. So no sooner do you go buy a new thing that is in that week, and you wear it one week, you're out the next week. That's how fast this is going. Possessions also create a thing that we call stuff. When we get this stuff, we all of a sudden have to store it. You might have to clean it. You might have to move it. And you might have to protect it. And guess what? You might even worry about it. Psalms 37.4 Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give the desire of your heart. It's only God that can give you the desire of your heart. It's only God that can satisfy that deep hunger that we need. Power. It's my third one. You may think that if I obtain the right position of power, that I will be satisfied. You know what? No matter what position of power you may achieve in, the end God is going to put you on the same level ground we're going to be eye to eye, shoulder to shoulder. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short, fallen short of the glory of God. Philippians 2.10 At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under earth. It will not matter what position of power we have achieved here on earth. We will kneel before Christ. We will be held accountable for our actions and you will not be given any preferred treatment over anybody else because of your position. In fact, did you know that people that have been put in position of power will be held to a higher standard of judgment? Luke 12:48. But he that knew not did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes, but unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much required and to whom men have committed much, of him they will also ask the more. Fourth one, performance. These are things that don't satisfy. There's a myth that says success produces satisfaction. And that's not true. Ecclesiastes 6 7, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not good. Many workaholics are very unsatisfied on the inside. They may be successful on the outside, but they are unsatisfied, so they work harder and harder and harder, and the vicious cycle continues.
fifth one is pleasure. Have you ever caught yourself saying, if I just take a cruise, or if I just take a month vacation, or if I travel the world, I will be happy. This is another myth. That's not true. Have you ever made a late night kitchen raid? You were hungry, but you didn't know what you were hungry for. So you tried a little of this and you tried a little of that, but nothing seemed to satisfy you. Pleasure is temporary, and it's only going to it's only going to last for a short time. Sometimes we have something we will do, go for special, and we anticipate it and we look forward to it. And the time comes, and we go and we do it. But what are your thoughts when you are on your way back from whatever you went to, or what are your thoughts the next day that you uh, you're at work and you hit the, the grind? I think those can be our our uh, a thermometer to maybe where our priorities are. Don't take me wrong. There's there's places for family time, family things, do things together, go here, go there. Um, but if you do it for just the sake of pleasure, it is gonna it it will not fill our need. Proverbs twenty one seventeen, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man; he that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Sixth one I have called religious pomp. Matthew six five, a very familiar verse. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not as be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Going through the motions with the wrong motives will not satisfy us either. You can go to church. You can pray. You can give money. This is all good, but if it's done with the wrong motive, it will not satisfy. And most of all, God is not going to be pleased either. You can even become a Bible scholar. You can know the Bibles inside out, back, forward, forward, back. And you still won't be satisfied if it's done for the wrong reason. Turn to John chapter 5. Verse 39. Search the scripture, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me, that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which, re which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that come from God only? Do not 
think that I will accuse you to the Father? There is one that accused you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? So the answer to being satisfied is not found in prosperity. It's not found in possessions. It's not found in power. It's not found in performance. It's not found in pleasure or religious pomp. The answer to being fully satisfied is found in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Stop eating the junk food. Stop looking for things in life that don't satisfy. Isaiah 55.2 Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and ye labor for that which is satisfied not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Closing. John 6:35 And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Only Jesus will satisfy your hunger. Only Jesus will quench your thirst. Notice the two conditions in that verse. Come and believe takes effort on our part. It will not happen automatically. So, the table is set. The banquet has been prepared. On that table is probably set the best china. I know it's the best china. The food that is going to be served is enough to make your mouth water. And it will satisfy your deepest needs and your deepest desires. And it's all for you. So the choice is yours. Will you eat at his table? Will you drink his cup? Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled.